Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Getting Ready, This Hope is for You, presented by Pastor Alan Moss on December 18th, 2016. Good morning. Thank you. Did you recognize me? I bet you didn't know I owned a pair of fancy clothes, did you? I'm styling today. I figured this close to Christmas, why not, you know? Is everybody doing good, though? Is everybody excited? I heard Jeff ask people, aren't you guys excited? We have one week left, and we celebrate Christmas. I mean, it's it's an exciting time. I know I'm excited. I mean, I'm like a little kid. I, I can't never wait. Does that make sense? What makes sense in my head, so, but I can't never wait. I, I love Christmas, you know. Uh, I mean, how many of you hope you get the right gift this year? I mean, I do. I hope I get the right gift. How many of you hope you give the right gift? Yeah, because, you know, the, 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 there's two bad feelings at Christmas. One is when you open a gift and you think it's something and you open it, and you open it up finally, and it's just this ugliest thing you've ever seen. And you've got to go, oh, just what I always wanted. You know, that, that's bad. But what's worse is when you give a gift and you see somebody with that expression. <laughs> I mean, you're, in your mind, you're like, oh, I've given the great gift. You know, and they open it up and they look at it and they say, Oh, geez, thanks. That's what I want. In your mind, you're like, man, I worked so hard on that gift. You know, I was hoping to give that gift, and they would just, you know, ooh, this is the best thing in the world, and excitement would show up. That's why I love my grandkids and giving toys to kids, because you know what? It doesn't matter. If they open it up and it's a toy, it does not matter what it is. I mean, my grandson, especially Ryder, he opens it up and he looks at it for about five seconds. And every single gift he opens is the right one, isn't it right? He opens, oh, this is what I wanted, this is what I wanted. And he's just excited. And it's like two seconds later, he's like, okay, let me get to the next one. You know, but he is so excited every time because he he just has that joy about him. You know, and I know sometimes, you know, it's great. You know, and and we're kind of in our series about getting ready. And what we're getting ready for this week is we're getting ready for hope to be delivered. That's really what we're getting ready for. You know, that's why we celebrate Christmas. You know, it's kind of funny. We would not even have this holiday if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. And we celebrate his birth. And I always think during the holidays, that's so kind of ironic because you have, a, you have so many people wanting to take Christmas out of the Christmas. You know, some places won't even say Merry Christmas. And they want to say, oh, we want to take God out of Christmas. And in my mind, I'm like, how stupid is that? Because if we didn't have Jesus Christ's birthday, we wouldn't even be having this holiday. This holiday wouldn't even be here for you to celebrate. So what I want to challenge you guys, if you come up to somebody in the next week or so and they say, oh, yeah, I don't believe in God, ask them what they're getting for Christmas. And if they say, well, I'm wanting this, say, well, then why are you wanting a gift if you don't believe in God? Because that's the only reason why we have this holiday. You know, and watch their expression. (laughs) And I hope they don't hit you. No. (laughs) But, you know, today we're talking about hope. 
And I've been kind of thinking about hope for, for a couple of weeks now, and actually probably a little bit longer. But, you know, we hope for a lot of things in this world. We really do. You know, some of them are kind of silly, you know, because that word hope is used a lot. You know, I know Floyd hopes that he grows hair again one day. Now I'm teasing. <laughs> you know, Matt hopes he can beat me in golf one day. That will never happen. You know, but we hope for a lot of things. But today we're talking about hope that changes lives. You know, you might be here today and you might be hoping that a family member comes back to the family. That might be your hope. You might be here today and you're hoping that your marriage can be rehealed and strengthened. That might be your hope. You might be here today and you're hoping that, you know, somebody that has a sickness or maybe even you can be cured. That could be your hope today. Or you could be here because you're lost and you're hoping for salvation. You're looking for something. You're hoping for something. And today we're going to talk about somebody that hoped for something. So like Floyd said, if you open your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we're going to talk about a guy that sometimes you don't really kind of consider this hope, but it really was. But let's turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and let's read it together. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother was married and betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, we're going to kind of be back and forth in this verse, so I want you to keep it right there. But you know, what I really, who I really want to talk about is Joseph in this story, because it's important. You know, we're talking about hope, and as I was thinking about hope, I was thinking about why we hope for things that really are life-changing events. And the more I thought about all the times I hoped, I realized it was because I was kind of hopeless. I felt helpless. You know, the definition of hope is hoping and wanting something or an answer to a solution. You know, a few weeks ago, Floyd preached about being in control. You know, how we're really not in control. And, and, you know, when we hope, and, and I want you to really think about this. A lot of times when you rely on hope, it's because you're not in control of the answer. We don't know how to fix this problem that we might have. 
or the solution that we think. And you know, we don't know. So we feel helpless. So we hope. We hope something happens to give us a clear-cut destination or a, an answer to a problem because we don't know what to do. You know, I'm thinking about all the times I felt helpless in my life, and there's a ton, but I remembered one <clears throat> that I felt so helpless, and I was hoping that this would come out right. I remember I was standing there, and I couldn't hardly move, and I wasn't supposed to move, and I was, had a bunch of guys beside me, and I was hoping, oh gosh, I hope this works out. I hope this works out. You know, and that's what I was hoping. I'm tell you what, I was helpless. Because if I think if I could have ran away, I, I probably would have because I didn't want, you know, what I was hoping for not to be answered, you know, because I was scared. And I was like, oh, gosh, if I could get my legs to move, I'd run. You know, and there I was. I was hopeless, and I was standing there, and I just didn't know what to do. And all I could do was hope. Gosh, I hope this works out. I hope this works out. You know, and, and believe it or not, some music started playing, and then Carrie walked down the aisle. So my hope was answered. <laughs> you guys know I'm having to really do that because it's like a week before Christmas. <laughs> and if you guys know me, I need all the points I can get. <laughs> I stay in trouble all the time. So this is my opportunity to try to get some points any way, shape, or fashion. <laughs> but see, my hope was answered then. You know, but that's, that's how you feel sometimes when you hope. You feel helpless. And you feel hopeless because we, we're not in control sometimes. And that's the way Joseph felt. See, the first thing we have to realize is hope. It's personal. It's very, very personal. Now, you might be hoping for the same thing that maybe a thousand people are hoping for. But to you, it's personal. It's changing your life. One way or another. So it's personal to you. And to Joseph, this was very personal. I mean, I think sometimes we need to really kind of stop and think about what happened here. Let's, let's read, in verse 19 it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Now on all accounts, Joseph was a good man. And he, he loved God, he loved Mary, but he also followed the law. And I don't think we understand of what really was happening in Joseph's mind. He felt hopeless. Why? Because he loved Mary. But guess what? The law stated that if she was pregnant and it wasn't his kid, what did they do to him back then? He had the right to do what, Floyd? He had the right to have her stoned to death. And they would have done that if they would have found out. So Joseph was hopeless in a situation he didn't know what to do. That's why it says he was going to secretly divorce her or send her away secretly. So no shame would fall on her and her life wouldn't be threatened. That's a hopeless situation. He loved her that much and he was that afraid that he was willing to give her up to save her life. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that's a hopeless situation. Here he loves this woman. He don't know what to believe. Think about it. 
If you're Joseph, guys, what would you think? Here you're in love with this beautiful girl. She's your wife, and she comes up to you and says, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And she tells you, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. An angel came to me, and I'm pregnant by the Holy... What are you really thinking, guys? Are you thinking, oh, that's great. (laughs) No, you're thinking, yeah, right. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I wasn't born yesterday. But he loved her that much. He was in a hopeless situation. So he didn't know what to do. But it was personal to him. This is all he cared about. So he was hoping for a solution. The only thing he could come up with was, well, I'll just send her away. I'll divorce her privately. I'll send her away so nothing happens to her or the child, I guess, even though it's probably not my child but I love her that much. So it was personal to him. And sometimes, you know, we need to understand that hope is personal to us. See, God, God is, he is very intentional when he does anything. And when he made Joseph, on Joseph's birthday, he knew exactly what was going to happen right here. Why? Because he made Joseph for a purpose, for a plan. And whether we want to admit it or like it or anything, he's created each and every one of us with a goal in mind, with a plan in mind. That's how much he loves us. He didn't just make us to be, you know, like a chicken with their head cut off and go every which way and be willy-nilly. He made us with a plan. He made us with a purpose. And he made us out of love. See, it's up to us to make it personal And fulfill that plan that he has for us. Just like Joseph did. Joseph didn't know that either. But he did. He made a plan for him. And he was fulfilling it right now. That's what he was doing. So hope is extremely personal. So we need to realize that. Next time you hope for something and you're praying to God, say, God, I hope this. Remember how personal it is to you. And then also remember, God has something in store for you. He has a plan for you because he loves you. And that's what he wants us to to do to each other. Help each other along that way and love each other at the same time. That's really what he wants, to share that message that he has and to share your plan he doesn't want you to take your gift and go into a corner and not let anybody see it he wants you to share it because it's personal you know the second thing you know that we we sometimes don't realize is hope has been delivered it's been delivered see in in verse 20 it says this I can find it here. It says in verse yeah, in verse 20 it says the angel came to him but while he thought about these things behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take Mary your wife for which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So he's delivering hope to Joseph right there. He's delivering that hope. Joseph wanted a way out. He wanted to hope for something that would change. It happened right there. 
And, and if you think God's not in the hope delivering business, just go, let's go back in time. Let's go all the way back. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, I think it's going to be on the board here. It says this, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard, that's the key word, heard, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Now, you know who he was talking to there, right? He was talking to Moses, and he was fixing to deliver the people out of bondage in Egypt. Why? How long do you think those people had hoped for a deliverer? Yeah. They had hoped for a deliverer. Their hope was to be released out of bondage. And guess what, guys? When we hope for things, I know sometimes the, the answer don't come super fast, and it might not come as fast as it did for Joseph, but God hears us. He hears you. He knows what your heart is thinking and what your mind is thinking before you do. He hears you just like he did there. He heard their cry. He hears your hope. And he'll deliver that hope. Just like he did here. He took an opportunity to heal and to hear Joseph's hope. And he delivered an answer. You know, and what's really kind of cool about this whole thing is what we don't understand is we hope for salvation. That's actually one of our biggest hopes is a way to be saved. Even the lost want to be saved. A person that probably doesn't ever think they believe in God, they want to believe in something because that peace is missing in their heart. That hope, is missing in their lives. They don't know it yet, but it is. And that's what's missing. And deep down, their hope is to be part of a family that's extended beyond this realm. That's our salvation. And what we don't understand here is not only did God deliver Joseph hope out of here, but hope was delivered for us. See, Jesus came to save us. That's who he came for. In Matthew uh, chapter 10, I believe it is, it says Jesus came to save the lost. That's who he came for, was for us, because that was our hope. You really think the people of Israel hoped just to get out of Egypt? They needed a Savior. And through time, we needed a Savior. That's why Isaiah prophesied about God being with us. We shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that that really tells us that hope has been delivered. See, the one thing we don't have to hope for is a way to be saved. It's there. That question has been answered. That hope has been delivered. That problem really is gone. We don't have to sit back and say, man, I, I hope someday I'll figure out a way that I can be saved. It's already been answered. That hope was delivered 
that night. That day that we're going to celebrate in a week is hope of a way for salvation. So if you're here and you're thinking to yourself, I'm lost and, and I don't know how to find God. I, don't, I, I need an answer. I need a, a path. I need a door to open that, that God will show me how to get salvation. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to hope for that anymore. Because that's been answered. And guys, that should be great news. We don't have to worry about trying to find a way for everlasting life. It's there. It's been black and white right there. Read verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep as he did of the angel, commanded him and took him, took her to his wife, and did not know her until she was brought her first son, and his name was Jesus. There is no more hope that needs to be delivered. It was there. I was in the bookstore yesterday, and we were looking, and I, oh, I can't say that, can I? Darn. Darn. Well, anyway, we were, I was looking for something, and for a gift, and, and I found something, and I looked at it, and it was really kind of, I told Floyd about it this morning, because it just blew my mind, because I was looking for it, and I knew what I was preaching on today. And when I looked at it, I turned it over. I can read it, though, right? Okay. Thank you, boss. I got permission now. If I can dig it out of my pocket here. But when I, I turned it over, because uh, I really liked what it was, I turned it over and I couldn't believe it. And I told Floyd, I said, I've got to figure out a way to get this in my sermon. This, got, this has to be God telling me, this is what I want you to say. Because I, I, I was preaching on hope, and I was talking about hope, and I was reading about hope, and then I, I read this. It comes out of Jeremiah seventeen seven. It said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. That couldn't be more true. So we don't have to hope for on, on anybody. We don't have to hope Matt comes up with solutions. I come up with solutions. Our hope should be in God. On everything. Our hope is the Lord. For our salvation, it's Jesus Christ. That's the only reason why he came you know, we need to really think about that. He came to pave a way for us to have salvation. Because why? Because God heard our cry. He heard us hoping for a way that we could spend eternity with him. And God knew we couldn't do it on our own. So he gave us a way. He answered our hope. He delivered that hope in the package of a small baby born to a virgin who could have got stoned to death if her husband wanted her to. Think about that. Here is the maker of the universe, the maker of 
everything. And how does he choose to deliver the greatest hope? By a virgin in a stable. Why? To show us how much he loves us and how personal it is. And to let us know, no matter where we are in our life, no matter how good or bad we think we are, it doesn't matter. He gave us an out. He said, I'm going to deliver my son to you in the most humble way to show that he is not above just you, but his love is for everyone, no matter where you are in life, no matter what your status is. And I know in today's world, status is important. It always has been, really. But it doesn't matter. God delivered hope. That, that, that night, you think about our Savior being born. Somebody that's going to take the sins of the world upon his shoulders. Somebody that is only pure love. He didn't hate anybody. Only pure love. And how does he come? In a stable, sleeping on hay with a bunch of stinky animals around. But God did that intentionally. He made it personal and he delivered our hope. That's what hope is. It's when we decide, you know what, I'm not in control. I love Floyd's message a few weeks ago when he said, we're not in control. God, God, when we need to quit trying to be in control, don't we, Floyd? We really do, because we're not. Because if we were in control, he would have probably been born in the Ritz-Carlton. I mean, some fancy hotel, we'd have made sure. But God said, no, that's not how hope is going to be delivered to a dying world, to a lost world. Hope is going to be delivered in the most humble way possible. In a barn. In a barn. That's how I'm going to deliver hope to the world. It's great. It really is great. But you know what? There's a catch. Hope. Hope requires a response. See, we can hope for something all the time. But when God gives us that answer, we got to act on it. What did Joseph do? Read about it. On verse 24, this is how Joseph responded to hope being answered to him, to being delivered. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. See, our response is what's important. Because I got news for you. God's always going to give you hope. He's always going to give you an answer. It's in his time frame. And it might not be the answer we want to hear, but God's always going to give you an answer. It's up to how we respond is the key. 
We can ignore it. We can do the opposite. Or we can do like Joseph did and be obedient. See, we don't really kind of think that he was being obedient here. We just thought he was taking me out, but he was actually being obedient. God gave him an answer to his problem. He gave him hope. And Joseph acted with obedience. He did exactly what the angel of the Lord told him to do. That's where we mess up. At least, I don't know about you guys, that's where I mess up. Because I look back and God's always given me an out. He's answered everything I've hoped for. But unfortunately, sometimes I was either too stupid or too stubborn to listen, to be obedient. That's what happens. Our pride gets in the way. Our arrogance gets in the way. We always let something get into the way of taking that hope that he's given us. And that's the saddest thing of all. Think about this time of year, Christmas. And we talked about giving gifts. How would you like it if you went out and you wasted three weeks searching for the very best gift you could find to give one person. You found that gift, and it took you forever to find it, and you get it. You save up the money, and you buy it, and you wrap it, and you put it under the tree, and the day comes when you give it to that individual, and you say, hey, I got this for you. You're excited, aren't you? You know, you're like, I got this for you, because you're wanting them to open it. And what would you do if they take that gift? Say, yeah, man, that looks beautiful. That's great. That's just beautiful wrapping paper and all like that. But you know what? I'm just not going to open it. I'm just going to set it right here and just leave it there forever. What would you do? I mean, I know what I'd do. I'd say, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You're opening that where we're going outside. So you open that. But what would you do? See, that's what God has given us. He gave us a gift. He delivered hope for us. He gave us the greatest gift he could give, his son. And don't forget that he's born a baby in a manger in a barn. But he is born for one reason and one reason only, and that's to die on the cross. God knew that. Jesus knew that. But he gave us that gift because of our hope. He delivered that hope to us. It's up to us to respond. It's up to you to take that gift and open it. God has given you salvation. He gave it to you. It's you didn't pay a dime you didn't have to do anything you didn't have to die on that cross he did so how are you going to respond
How are you going to take that hope that He's given you? Are you going to open that gift? Or are you just going to push it aside? You've been hoping for it. Whether you know it or not, you've been hoping for it. It's that gut feeling that you, you never felt part of something. It's that hole in your heart you're thinking something's missing in my life. It's God. Period. And He is hope. And He's given you hope. He's given you the answer. He delivered it on that night. He's given you the gift. Are you going to be like Joseph? And respond in obedience and accept it? are we going to push it aside and let our arrogance or our pride or something else get in the way and say, no, 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 I'll open it later, maybe. You know, Christmas is hard. It's a great time, but it's hard. It's stressful. There's a lot of emotions going on at Christmas time. And we hope to get through them. But I'm telling you right now, if you're hoping for salvation, it's already been answered. You don't have to hope. It's there. All you got to do is take it. You have to take it. That's it. It's a simple is that, isn't it, Floyd? It's really pretty easy. Take the gift or not. There is no door number one or two or three. There's just door number one. Are you going to open it? Or are you not? That's the question. So what are you hoping for today? Because you know your hope's personal to you, just like it was Joseph. Has your hope been delivered yet? And if it has, how are you going to respond? You going to respond the right way or not? And if you're here today and you don't know where you stand and you're hoping for salvation, Take it. It's there. Just take it. It's your choice. It's not mine. It's not God's. It's yours. So if you're here today and you're hoping for anything, just remember this. The Lord, God, Jesus, that's hope. And that's where our hope should be. And don't leave here without taking hope. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you today and we just thank you so much for everything you've given us. Lord, we, we want to thank you for the hope that you have given us. We know we live in a world that sometimes feels hopeless. 
And sometimes we feel hopeless. And we feel helpless. But God, we, we know that you are hope. And that you hear us. And that you'll answer us because you love us. And Lord, I, I ask that if there's anybody here that is struggling with anything, just let them come. Just kneel down and give it to you. And know that you're their hope as well. Because you are hope for everyone. Especially the lost. Lord, I ask if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, let this be the time that they open that gift that you've given them. Let them respond in the way of Joseph with just pure love, knowing that you are hope. And let them put their hope in you. We just ask all that in that blessed little baby that you've given us next week that we celebrate. We just give everything to you in his blessed name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.